Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Honestly, you know, thank God I found a home in Portland. This is the Believe in Trailblazers show. The Portland Trailblazers have won the World Championship. On Believe Podcast Network. Boom, chakalaka! Portland's number one sports podcast network. Now. The Blazers win in four overtime. 140 to 137. Here's your host, Jordan Schultz. What an absolute whirlwind this NBA season has been. It's all over for the Portland Trailblazers, unfortunately, but considering the circumstances around the world with COVID-19, the social unrest in the USA, and the fact that all these players were away from their families in that bubble-type scenario trying to play ball, I think I would be absolutely crazy if I didn't give mad props to the Portland Trailblazers for dealing with all the adversity that came up throughout the season and then still managed to get into the playoffs and face the Lakers after a pandemic for the first time since 2002. They ended up playing nine games down in the bubble to get into the playoffs, and they were so fun to watch each time out. I know the result really wasn't what we hoped for after they got bounced out in the first round. Five games, that's all it took by the Los Angeles Lakers. But, you know, the Blazers went down to the bubble without their best defender in Trevor Ariza. So what do you all think was going to happen, Blazers fans? We'll talk about that, as well as look forward to the offseason for your Portland Trail Blazers. Also, I'll tell you why everyone that is calling for Terry Stotts to be fired is just absolutely stupid. Stop it. He is the coach going forward in Rip City, and I'll tell you why. Last and certainly not least, terrible news. We lost Blazers legend Cliff Robinson. Uncle Cliffy, sixth man of the year as a Blazer in 1993 and a mainstay in our memories as fans of Rip City. Cliff Robinson died at the age of 53 last week. So I'll take a few moments to talk about what Cliff meant to me as a Blazers fan personally and just highlight his career and how awesome it was. That's coming up in this week in Blazers history at the end of this podcast. Jordan Schultz sitting in with you for episode 31 of Believe in Trailblazers on the Believe Podcast Network. Believe is Portland's number one sports podcast network. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? If you have any burning questions about Rip City you want answered on the show or you heard something I said and you want to tell me I'm crazy, hit me up on Twitter on the air Jordan with an O. This show available wherever you get your podcasts. Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary. Tune in. I'm sure there's a new one since I started the show that the podcast is being distributed on as well. So you can find Believe in Trailblazers anywhere. And, you know, the Blazers, they had a a well-thought-out Game 5 overall, even without Damian Lillard, of course, because of that knee injury, left the bubble early uh, to go back to Portland to seek treatment. Blazers ended up losing 131 to 122 to get ousted out of the playoffs. But hey, positive note, they were tied with six minutes to go in the game. They were in it even without their star, Damian Lillard. And before I dig too deep into their time in the bubble and looking forward, just listen to how happy Terry Stotts is with his team, even after getting eliminated from the playoffs. You know, I'm going to remember how proud I am of a. Uh... Uh, how proud I was of, of our guys. You know, we came down here, we played nine playoff games to get into the playoffs. And I think what they showed uh, individually and collectively, I told them I was, 
I don't know if I've been more proud of a group of guys than, than what they did down here in the bubble. You know, it's so awesome to hear Terry Stotts just so proud of his team. And he, he should be. They fought hard to get to where they ended up. And right off the bat, especially in that last game that they ended up playing, uh, the Blazers, I was pretty impressed with the way Jalen Horde, for instance, was able to hold his own defensively in game five versus the Lakers. Like literally forced into action because Hassan Whiteside not only got into foul trouble, but he dislocated his finger as well. So Jalen Horde, not used often this year, got some of the most important minutes of his career to this point, and he actually held his own. Congrats to Jalen Horde for that. C.J. McCollum looked really nice running the offense, and I really hope that Terry Stotts is going to allow him to do that more with Dame on the floor as well. I think Dame playing off the ball is a nice advantage and gives him a little bit of a rest uh, as opposed to having him run the point all the time. And then, of course, vintage Carmelo Anthony. We saw him drop 27 points since he knew he had to step up in Dame's absence. I'm not going to lie. It was very cool getting to watch him just pull up and shoot in a Blazers uniform like I have always watched him do throughout his entire career back in Denver and even with the New York Knicks. Just that nice, mellow, smooth pull up and shoot, and we got to watch it over and over and over again in Game 5 versus the Lakers. And all in all, with no Dame or Zach Collins, as well as everyone else like Rodney Hood, Trevor Ariza in the bubble not playing, the Blazers only had nine guys to play with. Even with a full team, the Blazers, as big as they are in the middle with Yusuf Nurkic and his son Whiteside, Zach Collins when he's healthy, the Blazers were trying to beat a much larger team in the Lakers with two small scoring guards, basically, as their top options, of course, in CJ and Dane. And Yusuf Nurkic, he is so talented, of course. I'm not trying to knock him by saying this, but Yusuf is not Anthony Davis, right? Obviously. And once again, I'll ask the question that I asked Blazers fans on Believe in Trailblazers episode 30. Who is going to guard LeBron James? Who, Blazers fans? The answer ended up being a big, fat nobody. Nobody could end up guarding LeBron James. And even if they did make a difference on him, uh, maybe in game one, I'm not even sure that that was more so the defense as it was just the entire Lakers team not making shots. So Yusuf Nurkic basically getting outplayed by Anthony Davis, to be expected. And LeBron has no defenders uh, on the Portland Trailblazers that could actually contain him. Melo, Gary Trent Jr., it didn't work. And it was quick to remind me of how much this team is missing Trevor Ariza right now. They would have had a shot with him there uh, dealing with some family stuff outside of the bubble. And that's fine. He had to make that decision. Uh, so it could just be me, but I I'm not taking the Blazers first round series loss to the Lakers as hard as some other fans. I kind of expected this going in. I am very passionate. I promise Blazers fans. I always want them to win. I just never thought that they were going to beat L.A. in the first place. And, of course, right after they lost, the calls from liquored up and or angry Blazers fans <laughs> began to fire head coach Terry Stotts. Unbelievable. The Blazers lose in five games to the Lakers. It's Terry Stotts' fault. They have so many injuries on and off this year. But it's Terry Stotts' fault that they lost to the Lakers in the first round. Are you kidding me? You know what? I don't even want to entertain that discussion. Every Blazers fan out there needs to stop the calls to fire Terry Stotts. Overall, he's awesome. He's a good dude. His offenses have always been some of the best in the league. Back to 2011, for instance, 
when he literally headed up that Mavs offense when they won the NBA Finals in 2011. And who's a better option at this point? You want the Blazers to go get, like, Ty Lue? Is Eric Spolstra going to leave his cushy gig on Miami? Back when he was the architect of the Mavs championship in 2011. And who the heck is a better option out there at this point? You want the Blazers to go and get Ty Lue or something? Is Eric Spolstra going to leave his cushy gig on the beach in Miami, bring his talents back to Portland, back home? Yeah, right. Oh, wait. Another idea. This guy just got fired. Nate McMillan just got let go by the Indiana Pacers. How about a reunion, Blazers fans? Nobody in Portland wants that as much as I like McMillan as a guy. Nobody does. And then uh, just outside of the funnier scenarios, like thinking of bringing back Nate McMillan, the other names that I've heard available are guys like Lakers assistant Jason Kidd, fired Brooklyn coach Kenny Atkinson, also on that list. He's a good teacher, but the Blazers don't need a teacher. They need a game manager at this point with a superstar and trying to build the pieces around him and CJ. Team's also uh, kicking the tires on former player Darvin Ham as well. I've seen his name in a few conversations. Are any of those guys an upgrade over what Terry Stotts brings to the table? Absolutely not, in my opinion. Absolutely not, hands down. It's not Terry's fault that the team isn't well-equipped to play defense. That's all up to Neil O'Shea, as well as guys and their ability to stay healthy. Your best defenders were out basically all year, and then you traded for a decent one in Trevor Ariza at the deadline. And the one thing that the Blazers have in place right now that is very important to their team and to their continued success, this is important, actually, and Nate McMillan said that this was huge to a franchise, and I agree with him. The continuity from the general manager to the head coach to the star player in Damian Lillard. Neil Olshay, Terry Stotts, and Damian Lillard are all on the same page. And when you get that, you don't want to mess with it. That is something that not a lot of franchises can catch for multiple years like the Blazers have had that understanding with those three guys, you know, probably for close to half a decade now. The success of this franchise, it is deeply connected to their relationship. Don't blow that all up now and start over in the middle of Dame's prime just because you got upset that the Blazers lost in five games to the Lakers. Just don't. Stop overreacting. Terry Stotts is the coach of the Blazers. All right, that's my campaign speech in favor of Terry Stotts. Chill out, Blazers fans. We expected the Blazers to lose to L.A., just like I said before, at least I did. Let's not overreact and call for any heads this offseason. And speaking of the offseason, it's time to look ahead and ask the all-important question, what is next for the Portland Trail Blazers? It's obvious that the team has needs, but much less obvious are the solution to those needs. In my mind, there are three priorities Neil Olshay and the Portland Trail Blazers need to focus on. The first one is pretty easy. Carmelo wants to stay in Portland, so they need to bring him back. That's an easy one. Listen to what he had to say after the Blazers got eliminated from the playoffs. I'm afraid that I could, it, it, it could be Portland. Honestly, you know, think that I found a home in Portland. You know, I got comfortable with the organization. Uh, I got comfortable with the guys on the team. They got comfortable with me. Uh, and, and at this point in, in, in my career, I, I, I do think that that's the best fit for me, the best situation, especially having this experience now and trying to just get my feet wet and just coming in and just being who I am and staying true to myself. <clears throat> I really hope that it can be, you know, Portland at, at the end of the day where 
you know, we, we give ourselves a chance to keep this team together, you know, get guys healthy uh, and, and, and get another run at it. Everything Melo said makes so much sense. And what better seventh or eighth man are the Blazers going to be able to find in free agency or the draft at that point? Carmelo Anthony, he's a future Hall of Famer that can score, plays defense against a ton of different positions, basically from shooting guard up to power forward. Melo can guard in the NBA. He's willing to play within the system and let Dame be the star, and he wants to help younger guys. Portland is extremely lucky that they don't have to do much more to woo Melo back, if anything. He just made it obvious there he wants to retire as a Blazer, and it's a no-brainer for them to make it happen, in my opinion. I, I don't know about anyone else, but watching this play out feels like playing 2K on franchise mode. You know, when I'm playing... I always try to get those Hall of Famers and the big names on my roster at the end of their careers. I remember when I was a bit younger, Amari Stoudemire, when he was huge in the league, he wanted to sign, at least in my video game, with the Portland Trailblazers at almost no money to try and make a championship run. And the fact that that's now happening in real life, I mean, I was so excited in a video game making that happen. Seeing that with Carmelo Anthony and the Portland Trailblazers unfold in front of our eyes, that's awesome. Bringing Carmelo back needs to happen. And a Hall of Famer ending his career in Portland is a no-brainer. It should be an easy one for the Trailblazers to get done. So let's hope that Neil O'Shea and Carmelo Anthony can come to a pretty quick agreement and they can get that first priority taken care of pretty quickly. The second priority for the Blazers this offseason is settling the center position. Big question there, can and should the Blazers keep Hassan Whiteside. He's a very talented player. Blossomed even further this season as the starting center, of course. If you don't remember, he led the league in blocks basically all season on the Blazers. But on the court play aside, it would be devastating to the franchise to lose talent without getting anything in return like that. The Blazers cap is basically, I mean, you're already over the salary cap and you're getting close to the luxury tax. I think you're maybe $30, $35 million under the luxury tax if everybody picks up their options during this offseason. Neil O'Shea had the chance to do something leading up to the trade deadline, but didn't move Hassan because of either a lack of a good deal available or just getting convinced that they could keep him and make a run at the playoffs. Whatever Neil O'Shea's thinking was, the Blazers gave up a ton of assets on the back end a year and a half ago for Hassan Whiteside. You remember that? Uh, Myers Leonard, gone. And then you got Mo Harkless, gone. Al Farouk Amino, gone. Two defensive pieces there in Harkless and Aminu that were making the Blazers much better and made it possible for them to make a run into the Western Conference Finals last year. You traded them for Whiteside, and if you just let him go for nothing, that is a major loss for the Portland Trail Blazers. And since they're so far over the salary cap because of Dames and CJ's contracts, you basically are locked into either having to re-sign Hassan Whiteside or get maybe somebody at 4 or $5 million or at worst, the league minimum, who's a backup at best. That is a huge loss for a team already hamstrung in free agency. So the second priority, settling the center position. And the main point of that, I think, is getting Hassan Whiteside re-signed. If you let him walk for nothing, the Blazers ended up losing three legitimate players in the long run that could have helped them going forward in this lost, whatever you want to call it, 2019-2020 COVID season. And that would be a huge epic blunder by Neil O'Shea.
The final priority Portland needs to focus on in this offseason, finding a 3 and D wing player. If you don't know, it is the most sought-after NBA commodity. Those players are hard to find. But it is the major difference between the Blazers getting up into the NBA Finals or never getting there. There has been a major hole on the roster where someone like Danilo Gallinari could fill and succeed, even while playing alongside superstar Damian Lillard. They've got to have a strong defensive option that can just go to the other end, score an offense, hit a quick three. Basically, a younger and more talented version of Trevor Ariza that's going to give you more points guaranteed a game. Um, it seems like Danilo, he's going to be too spendy for Portland unless they could work out a sign and trade. They do have that mid-level exception to work with. That's almost $10 million a year. But Danilo, worth closer to $20 million a season, I think. Uh, last I checked, he was making $17 or $18 million in his expiring contract with the Thunder. So he's probably going to be looking for a bit of a raise as he hits free agency as well. And of course, as I just said, Rift City could only actually pay him $10 million a year. So this might be the biggest need for the Portland Trailblazers, a 3 and D wing, but it's also going to be the hardest to fill. Got to mention Rodney Hood. It looks like he's going to be coming back for sure to Rip City. He already said publicly, regardless of how the contract works out, that he wants to be in Portland and the contract will just work itself out. Some other guys available in Portland's price range, uh, they could be Solomon Hill, Derek Favors, Marcus Morris. Ooh, Jordan Clarkson, I see him on the list. I actually think Clarkson would be a good fit in Portland. He'll no doubt, though, probably be talking to half the league about employment. I think a lot of other teams would like to see Jordan Clarkson on their roster as well. Who knows? Maybe he wants to come to Portland, but I don't know. It's up in the air if they can even get anybody like this during this offseason. But that final priority, finding a 3 and D wing for the Blazers is huge. And if they cannot get that done, we're probably going to see another first or second round exit next season for them as well. I guess there is one option uh, left for filling this hole of a 3 and D wing. It's taking a massive shot at an epically huge trade for either like a star in Joel Embiid or something or a huge number one, two or three draft pick. So what do you think, Blazers fans? Do you make a huge trade that costs the team huge assets like CJ McCollum and or Yusuf Nurkic maybe? That would probably end up sending the organization back maybe a year to gain a star. Or do you try and add someone through like a sign and trade in free agency? Since Dame only has three to four years of prime basketball left, and that's if he ends up declining later in his career talent-wise than most players do, time is not an asset for the Blazers. If you're Portland, you better come up with a plan on how to compete for the Western Conference Championship at the minimum for the next three years. We're going to start to see how this offseason unfolds soon. So who do you want the Blazers to sign? Let me know, fans. Hit me up on Twitter, on the air, Jordan, with an O. I'm holding out hope that they can snag Gallinari without the money to do so. But that's most likely wishful thinking. But I do know for sure this is a big offseason coming up for the Portland Trailblazers, and I think it's going to control the trajectory of their future. I think this point, whether they succeed or don't succeed, will affect how they do over the next three years. All we can do is cross our fingers and hope they get it right. Before we get out of here, there was some very, very sad, just terrible news this week in Blazers land. We lost Blazers legend Cliff Robinson at the age of 53 to lymphoma. Uh, a lot of fans didn't really know he was sick, wasn't public about that, uh, just really sad. A Blazers legend and a lot of people's, of all ages, favorite Blazer. 
just terrible. So for this week in Blazers history, I wanted to just take a few minutes to talk about how awesome of a player Cliff Robinson was and what he meant to me as a fan of Rip City. And it was a lot. What a sad loss. Just another former Blazer tragically taken from this earth too soon. Cliff Robinson was a native of Buffalo, New York, and actually was the centerpiece of Jim Calhoun's early teams at UConn back from 1985 to 1989. He guided the Huskies all the way to the 1988 NIT championship after basically being an unknown. I mean, when you think of UConn, you think of basketball greatness. But as Jim Calhoun says in a quote, he was our first great player, referring to Cliff Robinson. Another quote, he gave legitimacy to the program. As a player coming in, here's this guy playing on TV for the Trailblazers, watching him play, watching UConn be mentioned. You could not pay for that exposure that he gave us. That's a quote from Jim Calhoun. And so cool about Cliff Robinson. Go back and watch some highlights of him. He was six foot eleven. He had the size of a center, but was a very good outside shooter. That, of course, was kind of an unknown in the time at the NBA, an unknown commodity, a big guy that could shoot outside. That was <laughs> before the 2000s and even the 2010s, where you see a lot more guys, Dirk Nowitzki and whatnot, now Chris Stapps, Porzingis, and everybody just taking shots from the outside. Anthony Davis hit a bunch of threes against the Blazers. So y- what you saw in Cliff Robinson, it was a very early version of what NBA centers are now. Cliff went on uh, to be selected with the 36th pick overall in the second round of the 1989 NBA draft by the Portland Trail Blazers. Uh, He played for the Blazers for eight years, made the playoffs every season, and of course played in the NBA Finals in 1990 and 1992. Probably his biggest accomplishment, though, was winning Sixth Man of the Year Award in 92-93, averaged 19 points, six and a half rebounds, and almost two blocks per game. And his nickname, if you're all wondering, this was after Game 4 of the 92 Western Conference Finals against the Utah Jazz. Cliff Robinson performed a victory dance that he later told the press was named the Uncle Cliffy. And of course, we still call him Uncle Cliffy. Ended up making the 1994 NBA All-Star Game the season after his sixth man award as well. He ended up, this is so cool, playing 461 consecutive games played. That consecutive games played streak for the Trailblazers is still their franchise record. Check that out. Uh, He actually had to end that in 1995 after playing the Golden State Warriors and had started that streak as a rookie at the beginning of his career. Just insane. What a dependable player Cliff Robinson was. He still ranks among the team's all-time leaders in blocks at second, points in fifth, games played in fifth, sixth in steals, seventh in Blazers history in three-pointers, and tenth in rebounds. Had quite a long career in the NBA, played for the Blazers, of course, the Phoenix Suns, Detroit Pistons, Golden State Warriors, and New Jersey Nets. A two-time NBA all-defensive second-team player while averaging 15 points and almost five rebounds in 1,380 career games, the 13th most in NBA history. What a career, Cliff, and what a life. What a great man off the court as well. Not only was he one of the first big men that could shoot the three in the NBA, he was one of the first athletes to advocate for marijuana use in recovery and advocated against the stigma that professional leagues have against pot. Very cool of him. And Cliff, so special to me personally as a Blazers fan, because when I was a kid, 
And you, you go back to like 1995, I was six years old. The only two Blazers that I always remembered and at that age I could follow were Arvidas Sabonis and Cliff Robinson. Add that to my dad's memories of watching him in the NBA Finals as well as winning that six-man award. Our house was always full of love for Cliff Robinson growing up. I just cherished those times as a kid learning about the NBA, watching the Blazers, remembering Cliff Robinson and how well he played. He was always a huge part of those early memories of Rip City for me. So just made me extremely sad when I heard of his passing. I still am, to be honest. It just sucks. It, 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 you don't want your heroes like that to be mortal. And then you find out on days like this that they are. And like Eric Spolstra said, we've now lost four Blazers from the late 80s, early 90s teams. Drazen Petrovic, Kevin Duckworth, Jerome Kersey. It's just terrible. Um, I found this on Twitter. A couple other sites, I'm sure it's been circulating as well. It's a montage of Uncle Cliffy's highlights that have been circulating. I, I just wanted to play it here quickly before we get out of here on the podcast because it is so cool hearing those calls and hearing Bill Shonley calling Cliff Robinson basketball action. From Strickland, out on top, doesn't shoot. Over to Cliff for three. Rip City, Cliff Robinson. Strickland on the drive, drops it inside for Harvey. Bounces away, Cliff gets it. Reverse layup attempt, roll around, not good. Tipping, Cliff Robinson. Gugliotto on him, backs in, backs in, turns around, puts it up, two more. Okay, 18-15, Portland. Here's Cliff the other end. Look out, the jam, he got it back. Harvey shoots, it's iron. And the long rebound to Gugliotto. Gugliotta lost it back into Cliff, puts it up, no good. Tip in to Hollywood over the timeline to Cliff on the right wing, and he goes, banks it, scoring the basket. Strickland at the foul line, gets it over to Cliff. Cliff's going to drive all the way to the rack. Go ahead to Strickland. Strickland on the drive, leaves it for Cliff, spots up for three, shoots, rip. Hollywood on the drive, cross court to Cliff, and he goes, he scores. Hollywood up the middle, goes through the paint, back at the Cliff, Cliff for three, but the buzzer. Right side of the lane, cross court to Cliff. Cliff fake starts to drive all the way to the rack. Scoops it up. He scores. Rest in peace, Cliff Robinson. Thanks for some of the best memories a kid could ask for. And that's going to do it for episode 31 of Believe in Trailblazers. On that somber note, just wanted to thank you all for listening this week. Hit me up on Twitter if you have any questions on the Air Jordan with and all this show available wherever you get your podcasts. Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. That's all for now, Portland fans. Please continue to stay healthy and wash your hands. We'll be taking a deeper look into what the Blazers are going to be doing this offseason coming up on our next episode of Believe in Trailblazers. I'm Jordan Schultz, and I'll talk to you next week. Rip City, baby. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.